Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. And now in the wings where artists talk about their work and their journey toward performance. Tonight, writer Cara Carney and actors Kitty O'Sullivan and Lucy Miller talk about working on Cara's play Frizzy Lizzie, which was shortlisted at the 2022 PJ O'Connor Awards. My name is Cara Carney. The name of the play that I wrote is called Frizzy Lizzie. My name is Kitty O'Sullivan. I play Lizzie in Frizzy Lizzie. My name is Lucy Miller. I play the role of Karen. Frizzy Lizzie is about an 18-year-old called Lizzie whose mum was never in the picture growing up and her father is quite... She's not very close to him. He seems to be quite a controlling figure. He never answered any questions in regards to who her mum was. But one day she finds her mum's birth certificate with her mum's address at the time that Lizzie was born. This was in London. So she has her mum's name, all this information about her mum that she never had before and she embarks on a journey to go find find her mom. Lizzie is a very interesting character to play. She's quite a vulnerable girl, really, because she's not looked after very well by her father and she seems quite lonely, but she also has a really strong sense of pride and sense of self within that and it's quite admirable really that she's so brave making this trip over to London by herself, not telling anyone. And she's obviously very nervous and anxious about the whole thing, but she still does it and she still finds a lot of humour along the way, which I think is a very, very Irish quality and trait and something that's really fun to play with and explore. And it's just written so well by Cara that it makes finding those little pockets of humour in amongst some of the tragedy quite easy to kind of ride the, the flow of that in the writing. So it's been great. Karen? Um, lives in the house that Lizzie's mum used to live in. So I open the door and I'm not what she's looking for, but I'm kind of the next best thing. I'm very welcoming and I'm trying to be helpful and I end up bringing her in for a cup of tea and a chat, yeah. I was living in Dublin after studying in Dundalk IT where I studied acting and... I was working away, minimum wage jobs and in my downtime me and my housemates would watch this, what some people might call like trash TV. It was long lost families. It was like a UK programme about people who would go try find their mother or father or a sibling that through odd adoption or for whatever reasons just weren't in their life and I just found it so interesting so many episodes would have me in tears and I think it's something that's really prevalent in Irish history as well there's a lot of a lot of cases where people were adopted and haven't got answers and couldn't find their parents for several reasons and yeah I was basically inspired by that thinking in present day and typically a mother doesn't leave their child like that's not the story that we hear in the media so I don't know that idea was just really really interesting to me. My first thought was the humour really stood out to me and I found that I could quite quickly relate to um, just the way that Lizzie was written. She wrote for a character of that age really well I think and it brought me back to my own kind of time studying for the Leaving Cert not knowing what you're doing and 
little things that she spoke about not having had a boyfriend and her friends posting on Valentine's Day. Just the way it was all written, it was very easily accessible. So, yeah, that stood out to me at first. I think I was just really impressed by how well it was structured and I've never done a radio play before. So um, looking at the choices behind making some bit of narrative, a voiceover or part of a duologue and, yeah, seeing why those choices were made and trying to understand that. I found it really moving and it feels like a real timeless story. Yeah, it was very touching and the voice of Lizzie is really strong and you really tune into that and everybody else is kind of peripheral. I felt like it was kind of like Dick Whittington, you know, and these characters were there to sort of just push her along a little bit more, you know, you know, just to help her on her way or get in the way. The only thing I would have written before Frizzy Lizzie would be a lot of poems. I was writing a lot of poetry since I was a child and... I think I stopped in my teenage years because it stops being cool. And then I had written one or two short stories. But this is the first play that I wrote. Now, it took me a long, long time. And I, I like would have breaks for weeks and then go back to do it like two or three months later. So it took a long time. But no, this is the first play that I wrote. I'm from Kenmare in County Kerry. It's a gorgeous little spot, if I do say so myself. Nadine, Little Nest. And you get used to just saying Kerry when you're over in England too much because they wouldn't know anything. I'm from Leamington Spa in Warwickshire, which is in the Midlands near Stratford. And I came to Ireland about 20 years ago. I'm from Dublin originally. I was born in the Coombe and I was living in Bluebell, but my parents relocated to Wicklow and then we moved to Wexford. So Wexford is where I went to school. But I love the countryside and I love nature, but we were always kind of the blow-ins and we would be visiting my dad's parents. Once a week, we'd be up in Dublin. I miss so much school going to Dublin to see family. So as soon as I finished the Leaving Cert, when I started college, I, I moved out after that summer and then moved straight back to Dublin after, after university. I went to the local secondary school at home, public school in Vershkena it was. And I always did the school musicals, stuff like that. But there wasn't really a lot of extracurricular drama going on there. We have a local theatre called the Carnegie Arts. And I did a few plays when I was younger there. It was always, you know, a couple of adults around town and then just me playing something small in the background. I came to Ireland with a friend. We met in London and he's from Dublin and he'd kind of had enough of living in London. So we came over and had three children. And the rest is history. Primary school, I went to Rathgarogue and secondary school was St. Mary's, the Mercy in New Ross. And I had really good experiences in both. Third level, I went to Dundalk Institute of Technology and there was this amazing course, but it started during the recession. So it only ran for three years and then was merged with a filmmaking course. It was called Performing Arts Acting. Um, Mark and Fiona Fearon were kind of leading it at the time and... I learned a lot from um, John O'Brien. He was kind of the acting mentor there. And it was brilliant because it was a level seven. So it was really practical. So you didn't have to do a thesis. You spent 20 hours a week on your feet, learning cartwheels, doing scene studies. After that, I went to Bow Street in uh, 2018 and finished. So Dundalk course was a lot about theatre and Bow Street is directed at acting for a screen, which is a completely different medium. So that's where I trained for that. And that was absolutely brilliant as well. I went to Mount View Theatre School, which at that point was in Wood Green. And I did acting and musical theatre, singing lessons, dance lessons, 
Alexander technique, a lot of movement, vocal coaches, and a few different techniques, Stanislavski, and there was a guy from the School of the Science of Acting, I remember, who was quite tough. And there were also other people that worked in the industry, like a guy called Phil Setron, who ran the London New Play Festival. And I worked with him actually after drama school. We did a, a show at the Fimbra, and we had a play at the Etc, which was in Camden. It was in transition year, really, when I took a bit of time out and tried to decide what I wanted to do. I always kind of knew I loved acting and performing, and uh, I went about trying to find out how people become actors because there was no one in my family that had done it, and it was quite far away from our own experience. So I looked up how people get into the business, and I found out about drama school, and so I started researching all of that stuff. Yeah, I went and I did like short courses in London in the summer. And then I auditioned for drama school when I was in my leaving cert. I did about five auditions in my first year. So I did like Lambda, Italia Conti, The Lear in Dublin, RADA and Royal Conservatoire Scotland. And then that year I ended up getting into the foundation course of Italia Conti. So I went over straight after school and I did a year there and I learned so much. I was very much a small fish in a big pond, but it was a great experience. I auditioned then again at the end of that year for the three-year courses everywhere. And I won't bother naming all the schools. I did far too many, but I didn't get in, which was a bit disappointing at the time. But I went home and I worked in a bar and took a bit of time out, grew up a little bit. They always tell you you need a bit more life experience, which at the time you kind of want to say, no, I don't, but I did. And they were right. So eventually then I went back and I auditioned again and I got into the three-year course at Italia Conti. So that's where I'm at now and I'm just about to graduate. And yeah, my first professional gig now. So it's very exciting and I'm delighted to be coming back to Ireland to do it. My professional debut, well, I did The Fringe. I worked a lot in theatre when I first left drama school. And so I worked in London in sort of pub theatres and I worked at the Latchmere and we worked on a musical. Actually, it was a children's show as well. Um, and that was great fun. And when I came over to Ireland, I was expecting like the pub theatre thing to be massive here. So when I saw Lanigan's open up, you know, the little theatre above there, I was so delighted because I think that it really lends itself to Irish culture. I love people that take chances. I love inspiring stories and underdogs so the likes of Barry Keown the fact that you know he comes from foster care there's so much privilege in this industry a lot of nepo babies so I love people who can overcome that and they show like if you put your mind to it you can achieve it so he he's absolutely an inspiration there's so many Irish actors that are breaking moles uh, Ruth and Ega I think is amazing as well I definitely have a bias to Irish actors because we're such a small country. So I was kind of chuckling there at Nepo Baby because my own dad is also an actor. <laughs> His name is Liam Carney and he definitely is one of the reasons that I pursued acting. Not because he gave me roles, because I specifically remember auditioning for college and not mentioning his name because I didn't want to get in somewhere because of that. And I don't usually bring up his name. Also, sure, I don't know, people might not like him, then they might not like me, who knows? But yeah, he's an actor, he works in TV and film and on stage with the Abbey and it was seeing a flyer 
in the local library when I was about eight for a local drama school that my mom was like, do you want to try this? This is what your dad does. And I said, yeah. So then since eight, I was in new theatres. And then my dad did not want me to study it. He didn't want me to pursue it as a career because he knows how hard it is. But I was like, well, it's what I want to do. And thankfully, he he supports me. Absolutely. But but yeah, I'm a bit of an epo baby. <laughs> so Italia Conti is, is quite an old drama school and they've got an acting school and they've got a musical theatre school and a dance school. I'm part of the acting school. They've recently moved all the three buildings together into one big building with lots of new facilities and stuff like that. But it's a very kind of traditional theatre training, the fundamentals of building up your voice and being able to resonate and basically being able to train your body to have the stamina to be able to put up with doing eight shows a week, which is, you know, it's tough if you if your voice is disappearing after the first three days, you won't last long in a job. So it's about training that kind of discipline physically you know your voice and your body being able to handle the needs of it and then also kind of the practical side of it as well you know being on time they have a locked door policy that if you are late you're sent home for the day it's a bit harsh but it is a an important lesson to learn in this industry and in any industry I think really so I'm grateful for things like that as well and we do some singing which would be acting through songs so they make everyone sing, even if you can't sing. You have to do public performances and there's one in second year that you have to do. But it's a really interesting, valuable thing to learn about all the different storytelling mediums. It's a very kind of traditional theatre training, but over the last few years added quite a lot of TV and media. So I've done radio classes there as well for the past two years. I think just adapting to kind of streaming services and more TV shows and TV work being out there. And again, like with the audio stuff, audiobooks and video games. So it's exciting to see that they're changing it up with the industry. Yeah, at that time, it was a great thing because I'd left drama school and it was somewhere, you know, even if you weren't going to go and see a show, you'd be around actors and writers and musicians. There'd be a lock-in. They were talking about theatre, what they'd seen. And they were like little hubs, you know. They felt very creative. There was always something going on. I think a lot of us learnt our craft there. You know, it was somewhere where you could be in a show and you could see how the whole thing worked. And professional theatre wasn't that different. You know, it was the same kind of structure, just bigger. Yes, I'm also a podcaster. I run a podcast called Book of Leaves, which is environmental. I'm hugely passionate about the environment when I'm not on stage or on a set or working my day jobs. I am usually volunteering at protests or using art as a way to raise awareness of environmental issues. And I love interviewing people and telling their stories. So Book of Leaves is basically where I interview people that are doing something good for the environment in Ireland. And the whole idea is listeners can take a leaf out of their book. So that's where the name comes from. And I've met so many people learned so much from the benefits of not mowing your garden to how to use cloth nappies even though I don't have kids that's something that I really really enjoy as as a hobby it does take a lot of resilience to kind of keep going back and trying again and again but yeah it is what I want to do and you know I'm aware that there's a lot of luck involved but I think you need to work hard enough for the luck to come too and there's nothing else I really want to do so I I just I'm going to keep keep trying and chancing my arm at it and yeah, that's the plan. 
but I'm very lucky. My family are very kind and supportive and, yeah, dig deep and keep going. So well, I'm going to go home, put my laundry on and pick the children up from school, go shopping and write my play. My play is about a Russian spy. He's a sleeper spy. He's lost his memory and he lives above a bookshop in Dublin. Four pages in. I'll be finished by the summer. I'm working on writing a play that inspires climate action. I find writing, it doesn't, it doesn't always come to me easy. So I'm working on that. And the next production I'll be in will be Little Red Riding Hood with Anton Art Centre in Dundalk every year at this beautiful venue called Anna House. This like converted stables, courtyard, forest. They have an, a promenade children's show that I've been working with them and hopefully some work with Quintessence Theatre Company, which is another company that I work with a lot. And we do a lot of physical theatre and a lot of showcasing kind of stories from people in Irish history that aren't known, like Albert Cashier or Kate and Abby. So we have some funding applications in, so fingers crossed some of those come to fruition. As part of my course, we actually have to do quite a lot of writing. So I'm currently in the process of writing a short play for my dissertation, which has been very difficult, but very fun. And I've learned a lot along the way. And we've had little writing challenges throughout the course. We had to do something where you told a story from your life and make it into like a 10 minute piece of theatre just with yourself on a chair and you had to have three different characters and then also be the narrator of the story itself. And it was a physical theatre piece. It was the most challenging thing I've ever had to do, but it was really, really brilliant. It made me very excited about the prospect of writing in the future because I think these days as well, the industry is very competitive and you need a lot of resilience. I think it's also important to be able to contribute to or start making your own work as well and keep yourself engaged and creative while you're waiting for the luck to come. <laughs> I like new plays generally. I like exploring with the writer and I work a lot with Louise White. Louise White wrote This is a Funeral of Your Life and Mother You and recently Animals, which was based on Animal Farm. That was in the Dublin Theatre Festival. And I love the way she you know, we'll dive in and she'll be open to ideas and you can kind of find something and then ditch it if it's rubbish and then really explore, you know, characters. And they don't necessarily have to be men or women. They can just be people, you know? So I like that. I like not necessarily pinning it down to somebody's sex. There's loads of options for wind, for solar. Like we have 10 times the amount of sea surface as a country than we do land. So while it's not perfect... We need to move in the better direction and there are suggestions for LNG terminals in the likes of Clare and Shannon and Limerick that we just can't be granting any new licences. Some people are also talking about nuclear. I don't know enough about that, to be honest, but we definitely need to invest more in renewable. Anne-Marie Duff would probably be my favourite actress. I think she's brilliant. I think she uh, is someone who isn't typecast, I think, or she definitely fights against it because you see her play all these like massive powerhouse strong women, you know, in theatre like Joan of Arc. And then she's also done in Shameless, like iconic kind of gutsy women like that. But then she can also go completely the other side of the spectrum 
and do these really small, shy characters. And she just seems so perfect for all of it, which I think is really inspiring and kind of a rare thing these days. So to see someone be able to do that so easily and, well, I'm sure it's not easy, but she makes it look easy and that's off the battle. But yeah, she'd probably be up there with one of my favourite actors. I think she's brilliant. If I was Minister for the Environment and I could make one change, there is so many, I would immediately halt the extraction of fossil fuels and really focus on alternative energy sources plus also put it in education education is really important I know I squeezed into there but yeah that's some of the first things that I would do I picked up streetcar the other day and you know I've seen it and I love the film and the first few scenes are so perfect that I was with a friend of mine and I was reading it out to them and I think Blanche is described as moth-like and I thought Vivian Lee so got that aspect you know that characteristic and Marlon Brando is just exquisite and that's a film actually that I go back to all the time yeah just to see a moment of him Paul Meskel's playing him now yeah And apparently terrific. I'd love to see that. If I could choose any job when I first graduate, I would love to start working in TV. Yeah, TV particularly really excites me because I think it's what I've grown up watching as well. And there's just so much out there now with streaming services that you see things are just, they keep getting more and more creative with these new plots and new worlds they're coming up with. I would love to be in something like Game of Thrones or that kind of a fantasy world, like the new series of House of the Dragon. That would be like dream, dream job if I could be handed it on a plate. I've been in the business since 2014 and it's a ruthless business to everyone. So you need a thick skin, you need to be able to deal with rejection. And that's one thing that I'm very grateful that my college did really well, because on the very first day after they did the roll call, in Dundalk, they said, okay, now we don't know why you're here because this is a 98% unemployment rate profession. (laughs) And we were like, oh, so they really did prepare us. And growing up with my parents being artists, I knew that it was going to be hard, which gave me a thick skin. So has the, the industry been good to me? I would still say yes. Of course, I'm unemployed out of the arts probably 60, 70% of the time, but that 30%, 40% is so worth it. And in recent years, it's been picking up. I've been very lucky to work with quintessence. The opportunity to have some of my writing be heard by the world is bizarre. So yeah, I would say the industry has been good. I've done a lot of children's theatre. I started off in TIE, um, theatre and education in Europe. So not only have I gotten to travel with acting, but entertaining kids and them coming up to you after a show and saying, I want to be an actor now. And you're like, whoa, I'm really sorry, but also amazing. <laughs> no, I love it. I think the industry has been has been good to me. Absolutely. It has been very good to me, although I don't think that I would call it a business, if you know what I mean. The moments that I've loved have been usually working with creative directors or with friends. So the best moments are when, you know, you're all down the rabbit hole and all the audience is with you and it's just, you know, free fall. That's, they're the great moments. And there you heard the voices of Cara Carney and actors Kitty O'Sullivan and Lucy Miller. 
talking about their journey toward performance and working on Cara's play Frizzy Lizzie, which was shortlisted at the 2022 PJ O'Connor Awards. The producer of In the Wings is Kevin Reynolds. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.